Fright Rags, Horror Apparel, and Accessories. <laughs> if you're a horror fan, then Fright Rags is the place for you. Fright Rags has been bringing you the best in horror apparel and accessories since 2003. Officially licensed collections, including fan favorites such as Halloween, The Evil Dead, Creepshow, and tons more. No matter what type of horror you are into, Fright Rags has you covered head to toe. Offering a wide range of exclusive products from your favorite creature features, slasher flicks, and cult classics. Metal Hand of God listeners get 10% off when they use the code MHOG10 at the checkout. So don't miss out on your favorite horror apparel and accessories you can only get from Fright Rags. That's fright-rags.com. And remember, use MHOG10 at the checkout for 10% off your purchase at frightrags.com. <laughs> Welcome back to the Metalhead of God podcast. I am your host, Wayne, and with me, as always, is the lovely... Really, I'm lovely. <laughs> I'm the rum guy. And today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Doug Sackman. How are you? Good, good. Yourselves? Oh, doing fantastic, man. And look, for the people out there who don't know you, or have no idea who you are, which I don't understand why, uh, would you explain to these people who you are and what you do? Um, I am uh, a filmmaker, I guess. I do uh, production, producer, director, um, special effects artist, production designer. Kind of get involved with everything a lot of times. I have a tendency to uh, just kind of get in, get into everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say that, but you're, you're like an extremely busy dude and you do it all. Like I, I've seen the list of stuff that you do and i'm just like jesus man where do you find the time i try i try <laughs> to do everything <laughs> um I, I mean every it's it's all time now you know well yeah, <laughs> been, yeah. <laughs> it's all time right now i've been working on a lot of kind of personal projects and, and get catching up on stuff uh with stuff just being on hold on pause you know yeah well how is, is that I'm, I'm sure it has i mean a lot of aspects of what you do i'm sure has been affected uh with with so much uh like you know it, 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 the worst part is everything keeps changing so you you're on you're off you're on you're off it's one of those type of things i mean is is it uh, i mean is has it changed the way that um the business and what you do has it changed the way you're operating now i mean is it or is it just keeping the same same path, but you know you're just making alterations as you go? You know what I mean? Is it is it anything uh, major? It's, it's definitely affected everything. You know, a thousand percent. You know, everything shut down. You know, production for a good six months. No one was doing anything. You know, everyone was scared to to go out and and uh, you know with good reason. You know, there's a lot a lot of crazy shit going on. So, oh, yeah. Um, but the yeah the last three to four months kind of picked up because you know the 
we kind of knew what we would be dealing with somewhat. You know, it's still kind of back and forth what exactly is what. But, um, you know, the production industry kind of stepped up and, and put the, the testing in place. You know, we get, you know, I started back in production, but I'm getting tested three or four times a week sometimes, you know. Jesus. Oh, wow. Um, I was talking about some of this the other day. I mean, the the regular entertainment industry is catching up with the adult industry in terms of having to get uh, tested. You have to get tested more for the <laughs> you know, mainstream entertainment industry now than you have to do for the sex industry. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> that, that, that is fucking nuts, man. Yeah. Um, yeah well, you know, it's adapting to it, you know? I mean, it was, um, you know, taking the time to kind of, you know, just catch up on stuff and and see what would work in this new world i hate to say new world but it's you know completely different i mean they just even today announced that all of warner brothers you know all the the giant movies are coming out on you're gonna see them on tv now you know it's all direct to to video essentially yeah you know and i I, I was noticed that i i was just talking to uh um a gentleman uh actually uh our former a former guest uh max uh turkey uh, he's a director. Uh, he also said the same thing. He's been saying that he thought that it w- this would be the biggest push for them to go all streaming, and uh, it looks like that's what's going to happen. Um, and he was saying, like, for the indie guys, which is one that which is he, you know, him and everyone else is like, he said this is like the golden era for us because it's like the big guys are going to be out of commission till 2022. Now it's time for us to like strike as fast as we can. Well, they saw that, you know, Warner brothers is like, fuck that. We're going to knock, we can't, we're not going to hold these movies for another year. You know? And, uh, some of the directors are pissed, pissed like James Gunn, who, you know, works with trauma, did Tromeo and Juliet. And now he's running Marvel and DC. That's fucking great. Yes. (laughs) He's he's mad that suicide squad isn't going to be in the theaters now, you know? Yeah, and they, and they, wow. I just saw that they're gonna push. What is it? Uh, was it Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four or what eighty four or whatever it is? That's gonna be it. Uh, it's gonna be on HBO Max like this week. Oh yeah, well, because it was supposed to. I mean, they've been announcing it for, in theaters. You know, they were aiming. They, I think they pushed the date once already, or maybe yeah. even twice. Yeah. And uh, they're like, I mean, they're doing limited theatrical, but what theaters are open now? You know. Yeah, I mean, I think we uh, we only have maybe one or two that are open down here, and uh, and they're showing older films. You know what I mean? It's like they're not showing uh, anything new, and whatever's new, it's most of the stuff that's not these big, huge blockbusters. It's most of these smaller, uh, like I said, indie films that people are like, oh, let's go check this out. You know, I mean, they're not going to put the big films in there because they're going to lose their asses off. Yeah, it's. I mean, some of the theaters in Philly. You know, I'm in Philly, and uh, the main theaters that I used to go to were closed because they've been closed for so long. It's so sad, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and like uh, I have a I have a four year old, and uh, I keep thinking to myself, it's like, dude, he's gonna grow up in a, in this this weird era where he won't be able to take a girl to the movies. You know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I mean, it's already pretty weird. My I, I got nieces and nephews, and they're just glued to their their phone screens or their yeah. Um, computers you know they don't go outside that i mean they they'll go outside if they, my, my mom and you know my sister we were raised in the era before that so like yeah. they force them to go out in the backyard but it's like pulling teeth to get them to go out you know they yeah. want to get up on that play uh Fortnite or you know completely <laughs> silent at dinner and then uh you know talk yeah. up a storm online yeah it's a weird it's a weird weird thing going on man like well, at least I, i'm glad my my son he likes to play outside he likes to go out there and hang out and do stuff skateboard and you know things because because i kind of like i was a skateboard kid so i was like you know 
whenever you're ready to learn how to skateboard, let's go do it. And he's like all excited to do it now. So I'm good with that. You know, even though I know for a fact that he can operate a cell phone better than I can and already goes on and turns my Xbox on and hunts down his uh, Minecraft or Roblox game on my Xbox. You know, it's <laughs> utterly ridiculous at four years old. At, yep. at four years old, I was more worried about what what my diaper was fooled with, you know. <laughs> yeah, not uh, not calling your friends on your cell phone or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But um, well, let's, let me let me get back to a question I've been yes. asking you. You were you were involved with trauma films. Uh, yeah, I mean, I started with uh, trauma at uh, seventeen years old in nineteen ninety. <laughs> Eight. That's, that's crazy. Aw, that's so good, dude. I've been working with trauma for, I guess, over. I, I keep saying twenty years, but it's about twenty-two years now. <laughs> I guess it's coming up on twenty-two years. I start. Yeah, I started um, on Citizen Toxie. Starting actually, I started. You know, hanging out around the office because I was working around the corner at an ad agency, um, Ogilvy and Mather. Right out of high school, I got a job doing IT. I was basically <laughs> doing the IT crowd down there. That's like, awesome, dude. I was going to say you're you're not that old of a guy. Uh, I just turned forty. You just turned forty. Right. I'm I'm thinking, you know, I've been I've been watching trauma movies forever. I, I yeah. That would have been my ultimate job. You have my ultimate job. Yeah, I, no shit. I, no I gotta shit. say, you are amazing. No shit. Uh, but uh, if I was working IT, I would have been. It's like they're gonna call me over to like fix a tandy. You know. I mean. What, <laughs> I mean. Oh well, I mean, it was at the cusp of that thing. It was I was, uh, Ogilvy and Mather. I was working for it's like now. At the time, even it's one of the biggest ad agencies in the world, and they have 15 floors. You know, basically the exact opposite. This is in Manhattan. You know, late 90s. So the Trauma Buildings on 50th and 9th, and that's a three-story walk-up next to a McDonald's. And then mm -hmm. Ogilvy and Mather, where I worked before Trauma, is a 50-story building. Sony's oh. in the building as well, no and Ogilvy and Mather has the top 15 floors. And I was in charge. You know, all the our tech stuff was in the basement and the um, servers and all this shit. So and I replaced all of the IBM desktop computers. They were the old flat <laughs> ones. Yeah. And big monitors with other big monitors, but they were a little bit smaller. There were definitely no flat screens back then. This, you know, <laughs> this was so we were junking the old IBMs and ghosting the drives and moving all of the files <laughs> for each person. So I had to handle individually with my team. Oh my God. You know, so going ghosts their drives onto the new drives and then either <laughs> donating the computers to schools or junking a lot of them and stuff, you know? So, so, so that so first nice. day when, when, when that transition happened for you, was it, I, I, in my mind for you, I feel it's like a Hallmark movie, you know, you, <laughs> you went to work, you know, you're like, Oh no, you know, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to change my life and I'm going to, but and then you walk out in the sidewalk and then somebody comes over and says, Hey, we're going to give you a great job over here. I mean, is that how it worked, or how did it? How did that happen? It's for you? kind of. It was a weird thing. You know, I, I had always, you know, I, I did, you know, drama classes in high school, and I was in a few plays and stuff like that. And I always wanted to be an actor, and always knew I would be in the entertainment industry in some way. I would, you know, initially thought I was an actor. So before I worked for Troma, I had done some acting stuff. I, you know, I got an agent, and I was actually working with the Upright Citizen Brigade before Troma. Nice. I was taking classes at their. Um, theater downtown um like it was on 21st or 22nd like next to the tramps at the time um and then 
I was actually on their show a few times in the second and third season, and I That's was cool. doing some TV stuff and doing mainstream kind of film stuff is like a feature background or whatever, nothing too major. Uh, I was in a movie with uh, Marky Mark. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Well, which one was that? The the yards. It's called the yards. The yards. And yeah. I featured club dancer, and it was like right when Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know you can't stop saying Marky Mark, man. Well, that was the thing. Like at the time, I was 17 years old, something like that. I mean, actually, probably like 16 at the time. And um, the you know, huge production, hundreds of people in this club, nightclub, and it's Charlie's Therizan and, and uh, Marky Mark like dancing, and I'm like right next to them, <laughs> and uh, the the directors or whoever you know, I don't even remember who it was at the time because I didn't know anything about really running a crew back then. Um, but it's like, do not make eye contact with him. If anyone says Marky Mark, you are getting kicked off the set. Like, do not say the words Marky Mark. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he's, oh, God. That was like he's one. Up. He's lightened up a lot since then. But yeah. back then, it was like he was, you know, from Harden kind of street thug to rapper to, to actor. To Burger Empire. To Burger, yeah, to Burger Man. To Burger now. Empire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Burger Empire. Yeah, he's got reality show. The Wall Wahlburgers. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually ate at a Wahlburgers uh, about a year ago or two. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It's not bad. I actually, you know, had it um, in Philly. There was one for a while. Actually, closed. I think due to the pandemic. Actually. All right, oh sucks. wow. But uh, they had good sweet potato fries there. Yeah, they good did. Right. They did. I'll give them that. I mean, I, I was a fan. I was a fan of their um, their onion rings, too. I thought that was good. I mean, I was a fan of his music growing up. The yeah. Good vibrations, baby. Yeah. Man, you know, were. one of my all-time favorite things that I've ever seen was, uh, you've seen the movie Rockstar, I'm sure, with, with Mark Wahlberg in it. Have you seen that film? Oh no! I know what you're talking about. I've seen the poster for it. Okay, I didn't, I didn't really follow his career after well, I was in a movie with him. Well, <laughs> well after after uh, the whole film is over, the film was fantastic. It was ridiculous. It was it's basically it's basically a film about um, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, oh God, from Judas Priest, not Rob Halford, but the guy that replaced him, I can't, Ripper Owens. It's basically about Ripper Owens and how he replaced the. Uh, the Judas Priest singer and then became a famous guy. But anyway, um, in the film, they were doing a concert scene and the director thought it'd be really funny if when they're doing the scene and instead of pumping the actual music that's supposed to come in, when Mark Wahlberg comes down the stairs, they pumped in good vibrations and, and, and they did like a cut scene where, where he's like just standing there going, you motherfuckers. And, every, like off the set. and, every, and everybody's <laughs> dancing and doing the dance moves. It was so, dude, it's priceless. It's that's the great. best fucking cut scene I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm sure by that point he was a little lightened up on it a little bit. Yeah, he yeah. Did, on the set of the yards, <laughs> he would have uh, punched someone in the face. Oh well, shit! 2020's been kind of crappy for most people, but you seem to have been. How did you get? Uh, you just were doing the unsolved mysteries thing. How did you get involved with that? Well, that actually was shot all of 2019, all of last year, pretty much. Oh, okay. So it was all pre-pandemic, you know, shot, and that all came from. Just connections and working with people and, um, you know, in a weird way, sort of through trauma, working with trauma, people with trauma. Um, my friend Don Argot, um, him and his wife, Sheena Joyce, uh, great uh, directors, <clears throat> directing duo. And they um, 
are known for like music documentaries and and awesome. more like life pieces and this kind of stuff. And they for years, you know, they a company called Nine Fourteen Pictures, and they got a bunch of stuff on Netflix. A great documentary called um, Bob and Batman about the original the guy who actually created Batman, and, yeah. and because of the documentary, the guy got credit on some of the new Batman movies and stuff. Oh, that's um, awesome! So his documentary helped kind of push that. Um, he was doing a movie called Slow Learners, you know, five or six years ago, and I was assistant production designer on that. And then he got hired to direct an episode of Unsolved Mysteries five years later, four or five years later, whatever it was. And he thought of me and called me up. Very cool. Because that's uh, such an iconic TV show. I mean, it's been oh, around forever. It was it was incredible. I mean, I grew up with it. It was an honor to even be asked, you know, and I thought I was just working on one episode because they were shooting the first episodes locally in Philly because, you know, we were actually traveling to the scenes of the crimes and talking to the families and dealing with the evidence and the police departments. And, you know, it's real life. You know, it's all it's not just like you're making a movie. You're, you know, it's a documentary, but right. you're also with Unsolved Mysteries helping to solve crimes and piecing these people's lives back together. So that's so incredible, man. That's that's yeah, really I cool. Just, it was always such an emotional show when you I remember when uh, when I was a kid and the original would come on and we I mean, that was a. There was two things that stopped my family. It was Jeopardy, as most people, <laughs> and Unsolved Mysteries. And we'd sit in the living room and watch that. And it was it was one of those... I mean, it, there weren't many in the day true crime things on television. No, and that no. Was, that was amazing at the time. No, I mean, that was the original. Original yeah. true crime, really. You know, it kind of set the, the bar for a lot of these other ones that came afterwards. They've been doing it for about 35 years, wow. you know, solving crimes. And it's, it's the same company, same production company that, you know, they work... Might be working with different networks like this time to work with Netflix and the producer of Stranger Things, but it's still um, Terry Muir and um, uh, John Cosgrove. Yeah, that's the name of the production company too, that's and so they uh, they've been solving crimes. It's made it their life's work to to do this, do solve these crimes, and they actually have a new. Well, the website's always been unsolved.com, but there's a new website up there now with all of the case files. It's incredible. Like, so oh wow. Read up on all of the case files from all of the different seasons for 35 years, and really? see you know, what solved. There's a sex section for the ones that are solved, sections for ones that are more active now. Updates on even the stuff that we just shot, the new two volumes for Netflix. Um, Damn, so yeah, that's that's very cool. It, it, it's even it's 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 a shame that there's there needs to be a show like that that actually has to get involved to try to help these things, you know, these crimes get solved. I mean, but uh, it. it and it's, I don't know, maybe it's, I guess we are a society of, uh, of shock and awe. So that's why shows like that appeal to so many people. I mean, there's a good side to it. And then there's that other side that's a little bit, you know, a little darker, but it, uh, Man. I, I, I just, I, I saw your name attached to it and I went, oh my gosh, cause that is just an awesome thing to be associated with. Yeah, it's, it was it was a true true honor, and you know I, I worked as the art director on eight of the episodes, so basically four episodes per volume, uh, the majority of the ones in the United States, and then they traveled over to Japan, and uh, you know they were shooting the overseas ones at the same time we were shooting in the U.S. So it's intense getting involved in these people's lives and and helping to you know try and solve these crimes. That's what a really crazy cool. rise you've had so far, going from where from from the, your beginning to this point now. I mean, you, I mean, you've done and and not to mention uh, you do uh, like special effects type makeup things too. Is, am I correct on that? Or yeah, yeah, I've been doing special effects for you know as long as I've been in production, basically twenty years, and that's also something I picked up at Trauma because 
I was working on the Fort Toxic Avenger movie and was able to get involved in all the departments wherever they needed help. And uh, it was a turning point for me in terms of seeing the difference between mainstream working with Marky Mark as a, you know, an extra or an actor person or whatever, and then working on a show movie as this in the same role, but then working behind the scenes and being able to get involved. And um, so even on Unsolved Mysteries, I handle the reenactments. So I handling any kind of blood or bodies, any kind of, you know, makeup, that kind of stuff. Um, now, and, was that was that more hands-on training experience and doing it for a long time? I mean, did, you weren't did you you didn't go to school for that, did you? No, no, I didn't go to school for any of it. It's it's just working with different people and learning off them, and and you know, going back to the trauma connection. Lloyd isn't a special effects artist, but he knows the the tricks of the cheap trauma effects. And me coming in as a producer had to figure that stuff out because they didn't have you know money to pay other people to do it so yeah. that's kind of you know it was the trauma team uh way of learning and then just adapting from that and working with other people and you know people like josh turry and uh tim constantine and nice. jim ohala scotty fields all these guys you know they worked on the four toxic avenger movie and inspired me to really get involved because i love blood and gore and horror movies but i didn't really know what went into the behind the scenes until i worked on that that movie specifically really uh citizen toxic Man, uh, speaking of Toxic Avenger, this uh, today I was telling uh, one of my coworkers. He's a young guy; he's, he's uh, 17 years old. He's never seen anything from Trauma, right? So like, he has no idea what I was. So I was telling him you were coming on the show. We we're talking about it, and I showed him the Toxic Avenger, and he's like, "I have to watch this." I said, "Yeah, you do, man. Come on." He's like, "He's like, where did you find this?" I said, "Dude, it, it, this film is like 30 years old, man. What do you mean? Where did I find it? You know." You gotta, you gotta search, man. You gotta look for things. And uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. Everyone just looks at what's in front of their face. I guess that's yep. something that you know not a lot of people think about. But the culture we're in is people turn on Netflix or Hulu, and they're just looking at what is trending and what's up there, and they'll yep. watch what's next in the queue. Stuff like Trump, and that's why you know Lloyd and Trump is fighting against this stuff is because that you know Amazon or Netflix will pick them up when it's convenient or it's trendy to have you know right. movies or yeah. the Toxic Avenger, but then they'll dump them off. When it's not convenient, you know, so it's it's kind of uh, you know. So do you think that's a? Do you think the society, when it comes to the, the film in, industry and how they perceive it, do you think it's more? Do you think it's 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 changed? I mean, are are we? I mean, I look at it probably in a different way than say a, you know, some eighteen year old kid sees it. But I mean, is it? Do you think the industry is progressing? fast enough for the times or do you think that we're progressing too fast or do, are we are we losing some of the artisticness that happened in the way of doing things more old school uh well i mean it's you know it depends on what you're looking at and what i mean there's definitely a lot of creativity across the board but it's mostly remakes and reimaginings yes. and, and there's no unique concepts anymore it's all you know i mean the Marvel Universe, DC Universe is great, but it's all based off of, you know, Common. stuff that was made. I mean, it's Batman again. It's Superman again. It's, you know, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's true. Thankfully, is something a little bit newer, but even that's a remake of a TV show and a comic book and stuff, you know? So, um, it's, you know, it's, it's the independence and the people that don't have the those resources that are trying to think of better ways around than just rehashing the, the surefire thing that's going to make the money back, you know? Uh, I see that. The but truth. It's, it's double-sided sword is you know they don't have the money for advertising, so people don't see that stuff, and then they can't make more stuff like that because it's not getting out there. Yeah. 
Well, you you've uh, you do a lot of. Uh, I'm sure your special effects, uh, especially in makeup training, comes into play with it. But you you've also organized, which I don't know, is it going on or is it going to happen or some form of this going to happen? The the zombie walk. Uh, yeah, I, I run the New York City Zombie Crawl. Okay, that's been going on for 14 years now, and we have not done any actual crawl events this year because of the pandemic. But we did host the Tromaween screenings. We had a whole Troma screening series at a drive-in in Queens. Very cool. The Bel Air Diner and drive-in in Queens, and uh, so with social distancing, you know, drive drive-in stuff. It's like the only thing that's left for movie theaters. Yeah. And now it's getting cold, so even that's kind of getting knocked out. But you know, for a good six months, it was we were back in the '60s at the retro uh, diners and drive-ins. So that's so cool, man. Yeah, we we don't have that down here in New Orleans, man. We don't have any kind of drive-in or anything like that. So it was kind of like, eh. Well, there's I'm, not that many drive-ins around, but ever you know, all of a sudden, New York had ten of them. You know, wow. yeah, it's literally in minute. People just pop made them pop ups. You know, so they bought screens or rented screens, projectors, and just started showing movies outside. So in a lot of ways, I mean, this this pandemic's been horrible, but it's been bringing uh, creativity back to people in ways of interacting yeah. with people and showing showing your art. You know, yeah. the Diner Drive is a great example of that in Queens because they're still, even though it's cold, they're doing hosting comedy shows. And something I did want to mention: we're, we've been doing a, a can drive for the homeless there, oh, awesome. and it's a diner. It's actually the diner that was featured in. Um, Goodfellas, I believe. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. It's, it's been around as longer than trauma. They've been around 55 years. Historic diner in Queens. And because we did so well with the, the trauma ween can drive with the New York City zombie crawl, they're holding it over throughout the season into next year, pretty much indefinitely. So it's a uh, Toxie's canned food drive for the, the holiday season. That's fucking cool, man. The, the Bel Air diner and drive in, which is still still going strong. And we, we showed the, uh, the, the, New York sneak preview of Shakespeare hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm. I have yeah. to include that hashtag. Yeah, yeah, I was about to bring that up, man. Tell 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 us about that, man. Tell us about all the experiences and the, and the things with the film. Yeah, so that is Lloyd Kaufman's latest latest picture, going back to the Bard and uh, Tromeo and Juliet with uh, the traumatic take of the Tempest, Shakespeare's the Tempest, which was Shakespeare's final shakes final stage play, and. Um, I was brought back into the fold again. You know, I've been kind of, you know, I've been working with Troma for 20 years now. And while I haven't worked in the office for, you know, 18 years, I kind of get pulled back in for every one of Lloyd's <laughs> films. That's a producer, a coordinator, special effect, whatever. Uh, and this one was, you know, I, I kind of been building back up to getting more involved on Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1 and 2. I came in. Um, actually, that's, I did get sucked back in. I, I came up for a weekend cameo <laughs> role in it, and Lloyd was like, you got to stay up here and just help us make the whole thing. So I <laughs> I just erased my schedule for a month and a half and uh, stayed up there and lived in a funeral home with uh, the trauma team. That, that's pretty <laughs> awesome, dude. That's pretty fucking cool. So I, by the end of that, I was you know helping them produce and do special. I came out special, you know, end credit was special effects supervisor and uh, production coordinator and you know multiple other credits on that and then for Shakespeare Shitstorm I got involved more in the beginning of it so I, I co-produced and was the special effects supervisor for that working with Eric Fox and his amazing team at uh, Fox Effects Studios they made all these amazing creature effects so it's really like the most ambitious trauma movie in Lloyd's entire career Wow! and they get better. Every single movie gets better. So this is really, you know, it's his opus. is his his love letter to 
the world. Love slash hate letter to the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, where, where where can people uh, see this film? I mean, is it is it uh, is it only on the streaming network right now, or how's it working? No, it's actually not on Troma now. With Troma now is the Troma streaming network. Watch.troma.com, and you can see Return Newcom High and Kabuki Man's Cocktail Corner and a bunch of other stuff on there. But Shakespeare Shitstorm is now in limited. Um, Film festival. Really. Okay, so okay. A virtual film festival. We just screened at the New York City Horror Film Festival on Saturday. Yeah. And um, I think you might be able to still get that. It runs till the 12th, so you might still be able to, to stream it if you okay. go on there. Um, and then if you go to ShakespeareShitStorm.com, there's, you know, we've got like six or eight other festivals screening it, so there's different chances to catch it that way. And... We're trying to do some drive-through stuff, but that's probably not going to happen until the spring, at least at this point. Yeah, yeah, understandable. Um, but there might be some other digital releases. There, Lloyd's got a lot of, you know, Lloyd is always ahead of the time, so he's looking at what the major studios and everyone else is doing, and you know, he sees what not to do and what to do, and and we'll kind of, you know, use that traumatic method to, to pick up on the best way to get it out there. <laughs> well, now, you were you were very involved with Kabuki. Uh, well, Kabuki Man, um, I have been portraying, I'm the third, I guess, main actor to play Kabuki Man in the trauma history, in the 30-year history of the character. That's, that's freaking awesome, dude. Uh, there were, you know, Rick Gianzi in the uh, the first Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD movie, he played it in the movie only, and then didn't really uh, work again at all. Um, just, I guess he didn't, you know, he became a real estate agent. He wow. got out of acting. Wow. And became a real estate agent. And then uh, another actor by Paul Kermsey played Kabuki Man in Citizen Toxie and a bunch of like public appearance stuff and kind of um, through that stuff, the the drunken Kabuki Man story arc started coming <laughs> through. And then after Citizen Toxie, I picked him up in 1999, I guess, 2000. And I've been playing him in, you know, anytime someone's putting on the full makeup, I'm, I'm the... The you're, Kabuki man for you're the, the job. You're, you're <laughs> the guy. Because <laughs> I, I actually met uh, somebody, a Kabuki man. <laughs> I met him back in 1989. 89. I mean, that's the thing. They did have, for a long time, just people throwing on the mask. Okay. So even, you know, when I'm not around, or there are some masks that people will throw on the Kabuki man mask, but it's not like in terms of like, you know, we have Kabuki Man's Cocktail Corner or, um, you know, the upcoming Kabuki Man Returns movie. Because I was in I was I uh, was in Manhattan at the time. And strangely enough, um, we were sitting there and there was just this crowd of people outside. There must have been I'm, I'm just telling you the way I remember it. There must have been like 50 people all, all of a sudden we were just all over the street. And Kabuki Man walks into the McDonald's. <laughs> and it was just like, what is it? Most people were like, who the hell is this guy? What is he doing? And he just. Caused this big seed and grabbed a French fry and he walked out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, wh where was this? It was, uh, I think it was in Manhattan. I've, I, I'm pretty sure. I know it was in New York because we it were there for like a school trip. I would do, but also something that just Kabuki Man would do in general. So, I don't, <laughs> it was 1998. I don't think it was. I don't think it was me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. Very, very cool. But oh, you've got uh, you've got so much going on. And, uh, I mean, what is 2021 looking like for you? Um, well, we're, I guess the next big thing really is Kabuki Man Returns. We're working on the direct sequel to 1990s Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD. 
Wow, uh, dude, that's fucking wow. great. Yeah. We've been working on it for about two years now. We we shot a uh, a trailer and some kind of scenes for you know investors and that kind of stuff about February of uh 2018 i guess it is 2018 yeah no to that february 2019 so yeah it'll be two years in february since we wow. shot that stuff i guess that's that's wild um uh, but we're we will very soon be announced you know putting the, the teaser online we've had a lot of different versions of it and different kind of getting the right story to it but now everything is kind of falling into place and lloyd's approved the story um it's it's a uh a story written by myself and Tim Seeley, who uh, is a great comic book writer, great writer, um, did a hack slash. Yeah. I don't know if you, yeah. Know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a creator of that. And, um, you trauma fan. He's been, he did a uh, trauma graphic novel a few years back and, and I've been friends with him for a while. We've been trying to find the right project to work on. And then this kind of presented itself in a weird way. And, uh, now Brandon Bassham, who wrote the script for hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm, is working on the script right now. So uh, we're we're getting close. So cool, absolutely cool. And I got to bring this one thing up. I'm 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 really excited. Uh, uh, cut, shoot, kill. Yeah, that yeah. that is a amazing bit of horror right there. That is a that is a gore fest type of thing. I I, I dig that. <laughs> I'm glad, um, glad you, you you like that. Actually, that movie is very near and dear to my heart because that's actually the first movie of that like budget level and scale that I you know entirely produced and um, did the special effects. And you know, usually I'm co like on trauma stuff. I'm working with a team of other people. This was you know my production company putting the whole thing together from scratch. Actually, so um, you, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> you uh, you you have to, and I I mean. You must drink so much caffeine and stuff on coffee because you were just flying <laughs> all over the place. It's a lot of candy, actually. I don't, I don't drink coffee at all. It's like I'll just have a cup maybe a year. Like if I'm, you know, three days into like the same way, sleeping. man. Are you, are you, are you, uh, you, you, you a healthy guy? Are you, are you into the like the the mate? I'm trying to be a little bit healthier, but like when I'm in production, I just eat like shit. You know, I'm just eating uh, <laughs> roll ups and and uh, gushers and. Uh, <laughs> You know, we got um, sponsored by Liquid Death Mountain Water. So that's there you that's, go. I saw them; they're awesome. Yeah, incredible. It's uh, can, water in a can, and they it's incredible. Like marketing, uh, it is. That's all it is. Is great marketing. I mean, I just I'm like I actually ordered a T-shirt. That's funny. Oh, I mean, their T-shirt, their merch is incredible. Like their their branding, and it's just you know, it's definitely death metal water. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So, so how are you? How are you celebrating the holidays this year? I mean, I know it's it's kind of weird there, and I'm actually. I mean, you're in Philadelphia. Yep. I was. I'm originally from up around Pittsburgh. I know. Um, I, I don't like everywhere else, but I mean, there's uh, Pennsylvania is a is a is a weird state. If you haven't been there, it's very. I mean, at least in my side, at least in Western Pennsylvania, it was it was lots of Christmas cookies and big get-togethers and stuff like that. How are you able? Are, are you how are you handling it? Uh, well, I mean, my family, I'm from uh, Queens, New York. My family, you know, Italian, Irish family, uh, you know, always had big get-togethers, get, get, get you know, over the holidays. Uh, but yeah, as I've gotten older and I've been in Philly, I've been, you know, haven't seen them as much anyway. So it'll probably be, you know, more virtual, uh, just online. Yeah. Seeing it, everyone, keeping it, keeping it safe. You know, I usually... I go back and forth. Sometimes I like traveling around the holidays. Other times I like just saying to myself and, you know, 
relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you take the time while you can. I mean, maybe you should sleep some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's back and forth. It's yeah. You know, with like I said, with the work, it's I, it comes in spurts. Sometimes I'm working, um, you know, nonstop, like week and week or two straight, not sleeping at all. Then other times, there's nothing going on, so I'll get to relax and sleep. So, Matt, yeah, I miss the days of vacation, though. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> what's well, a, I mean, what's it's, a vacation? It's, it's, it's a hard. Where it's I wouldn't call it a vacation. It's a horrible situation. But there, you know, the world's been on a break for the last year essentially yeah bit. I, I just i'm like I, I just all i want to do is like i was so used to doing so much traveling going to, you know I, I that was my one thing we always traveled and it's like i, I want to go back to italy i want to go back to puerto rico i want to go back here and I, I can't do it and that's just really pissing me off this year yeah yeah it's it's that's it's the toughest part and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm usually back and forth between new york and, and philly all the time and then with unsolved mysteries we were traveling across the country and right. now well yeah, we're, we might be starting to get things back up. We're not going to be doing that anytime soon. Right. You know, so. Man, like you, you were talking about, you, you mentioned death metal, and I was laughing because I watched a trailer for a film you were in called I Spill Your Guts. Uh-huh, yeah. I was in that very briefly. I wasn't around for the, the bulk of the shooting. I shot a cameo. James, James Balsamo. Uh, and direct- the, the soundtrack is fantastic. I think some of the guys from Guar are in it. <laughs> yeah, also. yeah, like Dave Brocky's in the movie. Uh, Andrew was it? Andrew WK is in the movie. He gets his head yeah. split open. It, it's it's fantastic, dude. I was just like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I'm yeah, like, James Balsamo is a very prolific director. He's actually shooting a movie right now. I think Alien, some kind of Alien Space Babes thing or something no like that. Or those are my favorite. Yeah, you, like because I was like I was looking up some stuff and ch- checking out some of your past films, and I was like, oh, what is this? This sounds interesting. So I clicked on it and it had, it had a trailer for it. So it was a good three minutes for the trailer, and I'm sitting there going, holy shit, the soundtrack is the best thing in the entire world. Look at these people that are in this film. This is crazy. Yeah, he's he's taken to the the trauma system. He's he's he get those celebrity cameos in there and get uh he's got some good connections for it. That was pretty yeah, good. That's, that's cool. what was great about uh, uh, trauma. I mean, they always were able to grab. You're like you're watching it going, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, wait, I know them. You know, it's one of those right. things. And it's, it was just, uh, and I think uh, other directors, like you said, have taken that thing. Like when you watch a lot of sci-fi movies, you'll see that too. Like the sci-fi original movies, all of a sudden you're like, all of a sudden you'll see like, uh, I don't know, like uh, somebody, some A-list actor all of a sudden gets blown up. Like uh, we had talked about earlier, Wayne, with uh, when Alice Cooper got stomped on by Bigfoot. Right, I mean, right, right, right. That's yeah. awesome. And it, Boyd's actually in like Sharknado 4, I think. Yeah, I was going <laughs> yeah, to say like, yeah, Sharknado is like what took the trauma list right away man it's like every every actor they could think of they crammed into those movies well i mean that's i mean it's not just the trauma system i mean it's the corbin system it's the yeah. beam system or the hollywood system in general you have to have people in there that people know so you can put them on the you know title of your movie and sell it even if it's a cameo it's like starring samuel L. jackson yeah what <laughs> <laughs> what so. man one of my all-time favorite things was there was a movie that uh steven seagal did with i forget who it was and they're like yeah featuring steven seagal and um i want to say it was um i I don't know let's just throw i think it was jean claude or somebody like that and they're in an airplane and they're getting ready to confront each other and then the other guy flies right out the airplane and he's dead it was like 30 seconds into the movie i'm like what the fuck (laughs) 
That was, still got him in there, though. Yeah, he I mean, did. He did. Half a day. <laughs> it did, man. Or, or I'm like sure those guys don't work for scale, though, do they? No. <laughs> what was it? Deep Blue Sea? With, with Sam Jackson and Deep Blue Sea? He's like, yeah. Oh, he was in the whole thing, and then he gets, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I think he gets <laughs> uh, eaten up at the end, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. That shit it's was worth awesome. seeing. It is good. It's, it was worth watching. Um, so I, I have a question about the uh, the the class of Newcomb High stuff. Um, what what are the volume things? I, I I haven't seen those. I don't understand what that is. It a it's, film or is it? It's, it's a. I mean, I, there's there's a, a short explanation for that and a long explanation okay. for that. But, uh, and there's also the Lloyd's explanation for it, <laughs> and then the actual explanation for it. Uh, Lloyd will say for Return to Newcomb High. You know, it is a redux reimagining, but it's also a sequel to the original Class of Newcomb High. So as is it, you know, there's three original Class of Newcomb High movies. It's as if all of that stuff happened. And then these are sequels to those movies, but the same kind of stuff happens in it. But if you watch them both, it makes sense in the end. But you have to, you know, it's a four hour ordeal between Mm -hmm. the two volumes. Uh, Both incredible movies, but it's it's. um. You're familiar with the, the first movie. It's a, uh, oh, yeah. a young high school couple in the Return of Newcomb High. It's a lesbian couple. Mm-hmm. And similar things happen to them, but it's related to the events from the original movie as okay. well. Okay. Okay. I don't want to give away too much. But then it's broken down into two volumes, basically, because um, Lloyd will say, say uh, uh, what is, what's his face? Um, Quentin Tarantino. All right. Suggested <laughs> that Lloyd do an event film and make it volume one and two. So taking a cue from Kill Bill, he uh, he made a volume one and two. I nice. Mean, nice. Okay. I get it now. All right. I was a little thrown off when I read the title. I'm like, volume? What does that mean? You know? Well, I mean, it, it means they split one movie into two movies, essentially. Right. It's yeah. four, four yeah. hours instead of two hours. <laughs> but <laughs> it needs a lot. But uh, uh, behind the scenes on trauma, Lloyd... What has a tendency to overshoot stuff. You know, the scripts are always very long and, and there's a lot to pack in there. So if you look at his history of trauma movies, every other movie he's made has been broken into two parts, essentially. Okay. So Toxic Avenger 2 and 3 was supposed to be one movie. Really? It, two movies. Um, Class of Newcomb High 2 and 3 was supposed to be one movie. Wow, it's supposed to be two. It turned into two movies. If you watch them now, knowing yeah. that it makes total sense because it's the same plot lines, and you know, kind of like you'll see if you watch well, it. It's, I, I've, it's I've watched them so much, I've actually made that comment. Going, these just blend right into each other. Well, yeah, because they're you know, it's broken into two parts essentially. You know, it's a continuation. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> and then Return to Newcomb High, Volume One and Two, um, Toxic Avenger Four. He was trying to split into Toxic Avenger 4 and 5, and uh, Trent Hagen, Patrick Cassidy, producers, uh, would not allow him to do it. Uh, <laughs> Poultry Guys, I think he was trying to make into two parts, too. That was not allowed to happen. I loved Poultry Guys. I, yeah, I, was, I love that film. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, even Shakespeare Shitstorm, it was a very brief discussion about two parts, and we were like, no way. <laughs> he likes to do a two-parter, man. I mean, it's getting the bang for the buck. It goes back to the trauma system of, you know, uh, why spend 
six hundred thousand dollars on one movie when you can spend six hundred thousand dollars on two movies. That you're right. Look, that's that's that smart man. Smart man. Lloyd is listening. I'm sorry to blow up your spot, but I think I think it's not. It's not. I think people realize it, Lloyd. <laughs> it's fantastic, man. I mean, it's not stupid. It's a smart decision at some point, you know. I yeah, was, it's you know, it's got to be every other every other movie though, at least. Can't yeah, do it every. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always looked at him like a, like a, a movie genius. I mean, that's the reason why I wanted to go. I was like, I, when I, you know, I'm going to go there. I want to try to get a job. I thought it was awesome. And it was like, never happened. But man, you just walked out in the sidewalk and boom, there you were. I mean, that's got to be awesome. Well, I mean, it was something that you had mentioned this before. I didn't really get in. I have a tendency to go off track if you guys didn't get that at this point. But <laughs> <laughs> I was saying that, you know, I, I worked as an actor person on the Ford Toxic Avenger movie and, you know, was in, involved in the opening scene. I had to come in for the rehearsals and I saw how, you know, Lloyd really did ran his productions different than all these other ones where people weren't really making that much money or any money, but he want test your, how devoted you were by making you come in for rehearsals before you even, he told you you got the part and that kind of stuff. Then when you did get the part, you have to come back in for more and, and weeds out the people who are serious and actually are going to do the work, you know? Right. And then in that going into production, I stayed for the entire production and, and, you know, came up for free and helped out as much as I could. And at the end of it, Lloyd just offered me a job in the office. He's like, you, you seem to know what you're, you're doing. I'd never gone to film school and, and I kind of worked my way up in the office and became like main producer over there. And, um, you know, still his assistant at the same time and doing distribution and doing, uh, special effects and marketing and just everything, you know, but it taught me everything I know about filmmaking. I learned from the toxic Avenger quite literally. That's that's that, and that's awesome. I think the best way to learn how to do this stuff. I mean, it's better to do. I always thought hands on. If you're going to do it, do it hands on. You can you can be taught stuff in school. I went to art school. Art school to me was a, a really great way of uh, giving somebody else a lot of money, because you would do a lot of things. I mean, there was there were some instructors, some teachers, some professors that were they're really good at what they did, but after a while, a lot of them just l- seemed to lose a little bit of. I don't know, passion about what they did. So it was just yeah. like, okay, you know, I need this and go do this project. And you bring the project in and be, they just look at you spend all this time. And it was amazing. People were like, Oh my God, this looks great. And then you, you, you show it to me. It's like, Oh, I don't like it. It's a C. I'm like, really? That's, that's what you do. I mean, that's not it. Yeah. They say those who, those who can't teach. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, this is, this is just, uh, it's been an awesome, you've had an awesome career so far. You've yeah, done man. and And you've got so much more you're going to be doing. I mean, I think the sky's the limit. I mean, it's, uh, um, when, when do you, I mean, when do you see yourself reaching a, a point, which you probably, I, I doubt you ever will. I don't know. But do you ever see yourself reaching a point going, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to just, you know. <laughs> Sit back, relax. You know, no, I, I get bored, man. I mean, I just can't stop moving. I'm kind of like a shark, you know. You what, stop moving, you're gonna die. What about your side <laughs> projects? I mean, that aren't related to work. I mean, do you have any? You know, do you have an extra 15 minutes you can do those? You know, or I mean, that's kind of the thing. I mean, my art projects are doing special effects and like honing my craft and doing stuff that you know, I always find kind of find a way to work it into whatever work I'm doing. Like you know, if. Uh, for instance, doing a you know a horror movie or something like that, I'll find ways to work in special effects that I haven't really tried before, so I'll have time to like you know figure them out and that's and cool. Get it, get 
the knowledge in doing that, but then also doing a cool effect in a, in a movie on top of it. So it's not I'm not just wasting time doing something that I'm not going to use. You know? Right. Right. That's awesome. Well, this this is this has been an amazing thing. I mean, yeah, man. Speaking with you uh, is kind of made my. I mean, I'm stuck in a house. You've made my holiday season just talking to you. <laughs> uh, no, I appreciate it. No, thank you guys. I mean, it's an honor to to be on the show and talk to you guys too. Hey, man. Uh, why don't you tell everybody out there where they can find you know like all your URLs and all your hashtags and all that shit so they can look you up and check out your films and things. Uh, pretty much, it's all at DougSackman.com. Doug S A K M A N N dot com, and then on social media, the same name on facebook and twitter and instagram um hashtag doug sackman try to keep it pretty simple <laughs> yeah are you still in the phone book can they call you um i'm in the, the film office directory i'm getting, getting, still getting some calls was it, you know? was it, is there a phone book <laughs> i don't know i mean there, I, I think there's there. cities i mean you know in the film there's a new york uh film directory you can get in there you know i'm in there for special effects and production design and stuff um Very in cool. philly i'm not in new york because i'm not in new york these days but um and then just you know things that keep me going is just being out there and putting myself out there over the last 20 years i've been you know i got a you know a few calls a month for, from people that remember what i did and they're looking for something and that kind of keeps me going you know that's that's great that's man. fucking great dude so, uh, but Doug, man, thank you so much, man, for uh, for doing this, for taking the time out and jumping on our show and hanging out with us. Uh, you got to definitely come back, man. Uh, we'd love to have you back on the show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll have some stuff I can talk about a little bit more in the next few months. Um, some stuff, you know, taking place in quarantine. I can't really talk about right now, but right. Um, it's looking good. Two thousand twenty-one is. Let's just say it's going to be better than this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're putting great. the dumpster fire out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Get rid of it. But, uh, yeah, man, like, definitely we'll, we'll talk and get you back on here because, uh, you know, I'd love to hear more about some of your stuff that's coming up. For sure. And then, you know, if you guys are, are bored in quarantine, Unsolved Mysteries Volume 1 and 2 is on Netflix right now. And um, Cut, Shoot, Kills on Amazon Prime. Very proud of that one. Check that out. And then uh, Kabuki Man's Cocktail Corner. We're talking about Kabuki Man. It, the episodes are going back up on the Troll Movies YouTube channel, oh, um, so you can see we got like uh, two seasons and a bunch of specials of this talk show we did with Kabuki Man. So that's the latest of Kabuki Man before Kabuki Man returns fully. That's awesome. <laughs> that's gonna be awesome, dude. I yeah, definitely, I definitely. What an iconic role. Yes, for real. <laughs> and then uh, ShakespeareShitstorm.com for all the the trauma screenings on that. Yeah, you need to go check that one out for sure. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find one of the uh, the screenings for that soon, so I can check that film out. We could talk about it next time you come on. I have yeah, yeah, we definitely get into deep. That's its own episode in itself, but it's it's literally we shot it in the summer of 2018, and if you watch it now, it's some of the phrasing and th scenes in it are as if Lloyd um, wrote it, you know, a month ago. It's wow. insane. Like that's wow. awesome. You know, even watching it three months ago. To watching it now, some stuff has come true. It's like a premonition in a way. Well, tell him to stop. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you see how it ends. You got to see how it ends. <laughs> All right. Yeah, for real. Well, anyway, guys, um, thank you, Doug, for coming on the show, man. Uh, I, I, I was your host, Wayne. I'm the rum guy. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to keep it fit metal.
That's it.